Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. So here we go. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And uh, today we are going to talk about Shadow of the Beast Part 3. Uh, but before we do, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We've got a lot of fun stuff. And we're going to kick off the show with a mailbag. This has been a, a busy week for the Amigos. I've been running back and forth to the post office. You ever get those little pink pieces of paper where you have to uh, pick no, it up? No one sends me nothing. Whenever you get international mail, a lot of times, unless... I think it's got to be under a certain weight, because I didn't get one for this one. This one was just placed in my mailbox. This is... A, it, it you know that sticker... Norge. Norge. You know who that's from. It's from, uh, is that O'Brien? That's O'Brien, that's right. So, um, I asked him, he said, what would you like me to send you this time? And and he's like, games, systems, stuff? And I was like, why don't you send send us something? We're both big fans of anything Norwegian. We are now. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I need to go get some scissors. Because this is taped like a champion. Live... Streaming video. You never know what's going to happen. You never know when you might need You know, you, they, they make their tape sturdy in Norway. Are you doing that Garrison Keeler thing where the women are sturdy and the... The men are sturdier. I don't know. I hate that. <laughs> are you not a Garrison Keeler fan? I can't believe that. Seems like that show would be right up your alley. All right. O'Brien's been a very uh, uh, generous individual. Yeah, active and plus, I, like I said, I watch. I like watching this stuff fly by from the store and see what they got going on there. That looks like some sort of narcotic to me. <laughs> looks like Norwegian gold. <laughs> Sweet Let's Norwegian snow. <laughs> Let's see here. I was wondering why the dog was barking. Yeah, <laughs> that is in there good. It is. He really did a good job with this. Oh, great. Right. Why's that white powder coming out of there? <laughs> it's $100 bills and razor blades and the whole deal. All right, now we've moved to bag two. Uh-oh. 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 All right. My candy sense is tingling. Get what ready, because is... this is going to be awesome. Okay. Object one, dunder salt. <laughs> Hold that up to the camera so we can see. That is the little man on there. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see this little guy. <laughs> well, I can't even try to. Now, mint iodine. Is this something you would eat? Yes, it's got iodine. Something in called it. something. So- no, I lied about the iodine. It's a necessary nutrient. <laughs> O'Brien's did well. All right, give me your hand. No, uh, I've got to try one first. I will both try it together. It's called Dunder Salt. Well, you might not have want to try two. Wow. Once. This is probably something you feed to horses, and every every Norwich is laughing. Boy. They weren't lying when they put salt in the title. Oh, come on. Put it in your mouth. That is nasty. (laughs) 
This is um, it's salty. Mmm. <laughs> oh. Let me let me fetch a tissue for you, Aaron. I will finish mine because I will not insult our Norwegian host. But it is. Uh, how would you describe that taste? Um, if someone compressed salt water into a tablet, that would be the thing that would sort of remind. It's like eating beach water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eating beach water, dunder salt. But there is a weird tint of like almost almost lick black licorice. Well, that's the thing because it said I think this is lacris. Uh -huh. I think that that's licorice. So I wonder if like Eve will like that. When she comes in, feel free to. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure and uh, have her. I'll this be one to trees the, and laugh. This is from the Brynhild company. I will. I will admit that little man on the front. I fully. I fully believe that he actually crafts the stuff. <laughs> That's <laughs> why it's grinning like you're eating that dummy. Okay, next up. Man, that was. Whew. This is um, Freya at Light Eventer Melkshole. That sounds more like it. Let's have a go at that. All right. So I think that this is probably chocolate. Maybe they're. I mean, that's that's almost like an uh, instant heart attack level of, of salt. <laughs> All you right. ever do that thing where you drink the drink and you lick your hand? Oh, yeah. Now, this bar is literally shapeless. I mean, there's no... Usually, you have a logo. It might have melted in the... Maybe those, you're right. Yeah. Hmm. Now, this is more like it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I like that. This is just your average chocolate bar. Mm -hmm. Above average chocolate bar. Look at this picture on the front. Okay. Yeah, it's a, a man startled by some sort of long-bearded dwarf fairy. Mm -hmm. I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm going to scan that and put it up on the site. All right. scan all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice chocolate dwarf, old man dwarf fairy. Mmm, how's up? Now we've got, this is just called Fox. <laughs> oh, I'm already worried about this one. So, oh uh, my! So this looks like a what we would call a starburst well, in England. What was the British starburst that they said it's absolutely nothing like starburst though it tasted fruit salad? Yeah, fruit salad, right? That was good. Yeah. So this looks to be something like that. Look at all this inside of this thing. There's like a little story in here. Oh wow! You notice that? Hmm. This is pretty good. Tastes like a sort of a not quite as sour Starburst. It's lemony. Mm-hmm. All right. Fox Citron. That must mean citrus. All right. right. Mm-hmm. How about that me? You're pretty good at. You're like a polyglot. Thank you. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I like the ingredients in. It's got soccer and sucker. You know you're getting the good eats. That's right. All right. That's pretty good there. Fox. So this is, um... Uh-oh. This is also Fox, but this is licorice-flavored. That's my fox. that's my angle there. Okay. So we'll, we'll put that away for later. Mm -hmm. This is the one that I'm very curious about because it, come, it comes in sort of a skull-type round canister. Is that a hockey puck? 
Hockey pulver. That must... Oh, I don't like what it says at the top. Super salt, baby. What is going on over there? <laughs> so I think that Norwegians love salty salty candy. Maybe that's how they survive those cold winters. They're all cured. Right. You right. know, like salt cured salt ham. Salt cured. All right. This is kind of a weird package. Oh, boy. That looks like salt. Yeah. I bet that's the powdered version of these little things. Okay. I'm not exactly sure how you're supposed to consume this. So you're going to eat yours via the shirt. <laughs> I guess just like... This is just like pure salt. <laughs> you're kidding me. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. It tastes like pure it salt. It looks like salt. It's very fine. Mm -hmm. It's a very fine salt. A bit of flavor there. How much would you give me if I dumped this whole thing in my mouth right now? I'll give you $10. But the show would be ruined because you'd be throwing up, so That's don't do it. True. I'm just get a little bit more. Enjoy the puck. What an odd candy. If someone, if one of our listeners or viewers in Norway can comment on this salt fixation, <laughs> I would be interested to know. But hey, I like the fox. That was good. And yeah. the chocolate was good. How much would you give me to snort the salt? $50 bill. <laughs> $50 Canadian right now. Yeah, that, that, I'm sure that would be lethal. All right. I like story, too. I like yeah. That. Like I said, you know, you can take all this stuff with you. Oh, are you giving me Scan this? Scan it in. You can take the dunder salt. Share that with Teresa. We're gonna give some of them. We're gonna give one of those to your wife. Thank you, O'Brien. We always love candy and salt. Now, while I'm uh, opening our next package, I should try one of these licorice numbers. All right. So this is Lacrosse Knox. This is heavy, by the way. That's a real heavy one, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that cost a fortune to send. It did. Who is this from? This is from Uncertain. I'm, there might be a note inside. You're kidding me. You don't know who this is from? Uh-uh. What, what country? England. Great Britain. Okay. No. I've heard of them. Oh! It's from Ravi. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. It's from... Now, who's it? From Ravi? Yeah. Wow. From Ravi. We love Ravi. We do. Also, he's got good taste in clothes. Um, This is much less chewy than the other one. Yeah. Much more licorice mm -hmm. Um Oh, good, though. So, Ravi is the host of the Retro Hour podcast. I think it's... Co-host. Co-host. Maybe he's the maybe he's the head host. I think the, uh, so, uh, see, now you're going to get down the door and you're going to get angry. <laughs> but, um... Very successful. Super us duper a, successful yeah, podcast. Maybe gave, go with just a ream of paper. He gave us <laughs> a, a nice plug on his last show. Yeah. So, thank you, Ravi. Um... Ravi right. and those guys, they really are real pros. Now, I always like to see the uh, the paper that it's wrapped in because it's like a glimpse into another world. Mm -hmm. But the glimpse into England is very much like the glimpse into America. Uh-oh. This could be nudie books. These are... Oh, hot dog. Yeah, Amiga magazines. Oh, so Ravi. We'll go done good. One sir. at a time. So this is... Um, this is called Viz. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's Amiga. That's a. That's like Mad like, Magazine. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. So, have you heard of Viz Magazine? I'm not. Before? I'm not ever heard of it. Okay. 
So, interesting. We'll mm -hmm. have a look at that. We might do a special episode where we just take a look through these. This is Amiga Action from January 1995. Oh, man. These things are like liquid gold. These are gold money. This you is, cannot get these over here. This is... Uh, this, oh this, man! This is this is a recompense from your leaving of the loft, leaving the Oh man! I know, I know. Um, here is Amiga Computing from July 1996. Nice. Uh, CU Amiga, which we we talk about these magazines every week, and I always wonder what they look like. It's from 1998. There was still an Amiga magazine in 1998. Yeah, they're talking about BOS. <laughs> Amiga drops the bombshell. Yo, Amiga again. <laughs> It should have been Amiga has bomb dropped on it. Awesome. Here's an Amiga Active. So these are all different magazines. Could you imagine going to a newsstand? It's like the whole newsstand is nothing but Amiga. This is from Amiga. 2000, by the way. Wow. Here's, here's a May 1999 of Amiga format. Piracy, is it killing the Amiga? It's May 1999. Yes. No, not anymore. And we have a, a Retro Hour um, uh, business card. So, uh, every Friday is the Retro Hour podcast. If you go to www.theretrohour.com, you can check that out. It's hosted by Dan Wood and Ravi Abbott. So, make sure you... The Retro Hour makes us look like schlubs. Their production quality... We are schlubs, Boat. Well, we eat candy on our show. That's true. They're like, we're here with the biggest stars. <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, we're eating candy. We're, we're eating Dunder Salt over yeah, here. Yeah, Dunder Salt. <laughs> Um, here is one Amiga, so we're getting a little bit older now. This is from uh, the very best games in '94, so this is January 1995. Oh boy, There's Chaos the, uh, Engine, yeah, too. Chaos Engine guy. Oh man, look at these! I'm telling you guys, you can't come across this stuff over here. And this is, you can tell the older the magazine, so this is January '94, the thicker it yeah. is. I mean, this oh, thing is, yes. oh, it's this beautiful Amiga format with the dancing guys. Now, Eureka. Here's one that I'd never heard of, Amiga User International. I've seen it mentioned, but I've never seen one. Yeah. Boy, I can't wait to go through all the ads like we've and gotten, all the fun stuff we've, in here. Like, like uh, the one, we never got that. We did get Amiga Format and Amiga Action over here. That's the ones we got. I mean, when I say that, I mean, you had to go hunt for them. At, right. Like a bizarre bookstore by carrying. They weren't at Kmart. No. Um, and then finally, we have uh, Amiga Shopper. And I'm looking for a date for this one. This That's is outstanding. October 1993. <laughs> Amiga Shop. And this one is this this is like a true old school magazine because it's got the newspaper paper on the inside. Well, I, remember, I remember we used to get Computer Shopper, mm -hmm. which was for, but it was all PC stuff. Wow. <laughs> so these are going to be endless hours of yes, entertainment. Thank you, Ravi. Ravi, you're a man among men. Thank and I mean, you so I know much. that costs you a fortune. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, eh? Yeah. That's a beauty. So, um,. Yeah, we're that's, sending that's, him some dunder salt. That's that's absolutely he is right. Some <laughs> dunder salt all around. He should be our um, like our our unofficial mascot or something. What he's, he's the king of two Amiga shows. <laughs> that thus is it's his power. Somehow I've switched my. Um, there it is. Yeah. Somehow I've switched my thing to. Um, my Google to Thai. Like, I was looking up something in Thai, and I, I, I don't know how to switch it back because I can't really read it that well. But uh, in honor of Ravi, we'll just we'll just put this up here real quick. There we go. He's going to be with us this whole time. 
And O'Brien, just the double. A double tribute. Thank, yeah. thank you both very Yeah, much. thank you, O'Brien. Oh, that licorice fox was tremendous. I enjoyed that. Man. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I guess we should start the show now. <laughs> uh, so, as far as uh, news, we got to do uh, Amiga News this week, Aaron. Do you have some uh, news to There's a ton of news, because we, we uh, haven't been live every week, and so... There have been things that happened while we were gone. Um, and a ton of site updates, but I'll let you do that stuff. So, um, let's see here. Okay, let's go with, start with the Untouchables. Uh, this is a game that was out m- many a moon ago. And it has been... Uh, it's a gangster game. That's right. right. Well, it's, it's you know the Untouchables. Elliot Ness and whatnot, mm-hmm. Chicago mobster stuff. You ever see the movie? Had the Sean Connery. I remember it. when it came out. I never saw it. Is it a good movie? People liked it more than me, mm. but just me. Anyway, uh, this movie came out, and uh, the game came out, and the game has been touched up. It's a special edition. Ooh. Yeah, um, it's linked up. Uh, it looks it looks it looks good actually. Yeah, it looks like it's it combines um, like uh, platforming side scrolling elements with a like first person shooting gallery type thing. Yeah. Um, apparently they fixed the palette. They uh, got music on levels they didn't have it before. They've got uh, different types of controls than it used to be. So it's the usual stuff from I believe the guy Air Rock. He's the guy that does a lot of those updates. So nice work. I'm looking forward to actually trying that one out. Me too. Here's one you'll, uh, if you'll indulge me. My uh, old favorite, Shane Armand Grove, put up a, uh, a uh, admittedly uh, uh, problem-ridden episode of remembering Amiga CD32, where he basically sits down with the emulator and he talks about his experiences with the CD32. It's a video he put up on YouTube. Um, there's a lot of him trying to figure out why it won't load, and I was awesome. Sounds I was screaming at I was screaming at the, I was screaming at the video. I was like, "That's a wonky CD!" Because he was using one of those uh, uh, Amiga CD32 like a million and one discs, mm. and I can tell you from experience, those suckers are, are a real hassle on a real Amiga. And he was running them through uh, Cloanto's gimmick, so uh. but that's a proof of concept. So it's a work in progress. Uh, the company, we love the company, and they're at it again. Uh, they have released a, a, a executable EXE 2.6 file for Lore of the <laughs> Temptress, which is a game that I, I I do vaguely recall, but it's been I don't remember much about it. Mm. So, but it's on the list because I that's not a cool name, Lore of the Temptress. Right, you know. Right. Um, the uh, of course you've got this thing on here about the demo scene party, which was that last weekend. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was last weekend and. Um, Will Williams, I think, actually, um, he he was uh, promoting this on our on our in, uh, amigos developer chat, but uh, we didn't get to do the pre-show live last week, so I didn't get to promote it. But it, it has already happened, and if you missed it, um, then you can check it out on. Uh, where did that link go? You can check it out somewhere. Right there. Oh, here we go. Um, old school game blog covered it. And you can see sort of a uh, YouTube video that's sort of a compilation of the best demo moments. Uh, this is this revision uh, thing, you know, revision 2017 is like the largest Amiga demo scene gathering in the world. 
So it's pretty awesome that people are still cranking out demos for this. Machine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so there's been a thing going on this week where a uh, a group has been basically porting uh, CD games to hard drive conversions. It's there's a couple of them. The first of which was a game called Europa Two. The Ulterior Colony, and they also did Genetic Species. Mm. Uh, I remember Genetic Species as a first-person shooter. That was one that we could never get to work right. I I haven't played that ever. Have we ever? We we never got it to work. I think we were. Yeah, we were going to do it for our first-person shooter episode, but we just couldn't get it to load. So maybe now is the time to go back to it. Um, something else that got released this week. Now, this is another demo group, uh, the Chaperia Project. And I believe they came out of the... I don't know if they were at the scene, the, the, the uh, thing that was on last weekend, but, I mean, this is a fresh release. Man, I was listening to this at work, and it was freaking... Man, it's like, you know, uh, it's like the entry music to all your favorite pirated games. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's just like in a big wad, and it's just it's great. Just click anywhere. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's, uh, it's good stuff. I really enjoyed it. And so, of course, these guys. Every time these that, that I, this new demo music out, I'm always all over it. I can't, I can't help myself. And then I force my coworker to listen to it. I'm sure, like, I'm sure he loves it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, he'll get over it. Um, on the 17th, something bizarre happened. We haven't had a show since then. Uh, the Amiga Inc. Uh, trademark lapsed in the U.S., which and, is kind of a crazy thing. And it was actually loose for the taking for a couple days, and it got picked up by. Everyone's favorites, Cloanto and Hyperion. Right. Um, so Cloanto, who has gobbled up quite a few of these trademarks over the years, mm. they're they're still in it, and they've gobbled up another one. <laughs> I uh, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I I don't have a problem with Cloanto, but we've went over this before. It just seems ludicrous to hold sway on these incredibly old. Kickstarts and stuff. It just it is irksome to me. I'll be honest. With well, you. I thought a, a lot about this, and I mean, it's the same thing as like you know, holding on to a trademark for an incredibly old cartoon character like Mickey Mouse. Well, it's not well, actually that should have ran out too. It would have if they hadn't made change the rules. True. If you think about it, so I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. It just seems I don't know. I I I mean, it's not like it's not hard to pick these things up. I don't know. I have no idea how hard it is to pick these. Well, things. I've got a. I've oh, got you mean a, the actual the images and stuff? I thought you were talking about. No, I'm copyrights. talking about the kickstarts. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I know the if I hey I know a lot of people if they known that the Amiga Incorporated uh, trademark had ran out they'd all jump there. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 I honestly have no idea how what the what the process is to uh, to acquire a trademark. Uh, who knows? It's it's. Uh, I think you can, I think you can do it online. I've seen people like remember a couple years ago the guy some guy. Uh, Took out a trademark on MAME, M-A-M-E, the, which it's an open source project. You can't do that. Right. You're not supposed to anyway. Well, this guy, and he did, he said he did it to protect the project because he was actually, this guy got murdered. And he got yeah. physically, he got mentally destroyed. Yeah. And so I think the MAME team owns their own copyright now, which they never actually won in the first one, but I, you know, it's been a long time. So, uh, but uh, anyway, so they, they've got it and we'll see what, I don't think it's going to make any difference, but no. yeah, they own it now. Um, what do you got for site stuff? Um, there was a lot of side updates this week. Um, first thing is um, Chris Folds put up Nuclear War, a uh, Amigos plays of Nuclear War. Uh, so this is um, kind of a interesting. It's sort of a lighthearted take on Nuclear War, which I mean, 
it's uh a little bit strange. That, I've never, that you I've never played that. this one. You know, I watched I watched this video, and it actually looks pretty good. It doesn't look too too crazy deep, uh, but there is, of course, a certain amount of strategy involved. Um, Chris does a great job explaining what he's doing and everything, and um, it's it's definitely worth watching. Um, you can see that there is kind of wacky stuff, like <laughs> uh, you know, people blasting off into space to protect themselves from from the oncoming onslaught and stuff like that. But um, this is definitely a, a product of its time, too, because there's, like, uh, I think Saddam Hussein is in it, or a likeness, Fidel Castro, you know, all these. Yeah, they are. It looks like Nixon. Yeah. It looks like Thatcher. Yeah, so. Ronald um, Reagan. All of our favorites. Right. <laughs> and so, it's just kind of, um, but it's definitely a cool game, and I and thanks to Chris for uh, for doing an Amigos plays of it. How's Tricky Dick and Reagan in this game? <laughs> uncertain. Uncertain. Um <laughs> And then uh, we also didn't get a chance to cover um, Chris playing Amigos, or I'm sorry, Chris playing Test Drive 2. Um, I played that this, this week is, after uh, seeing this video. This looks like a really neat racing game. Have you have you, have you not played the duel? No, no. I uh, I watched this video. I played that just a total hell out of this thing when it when I first got it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you by today's standards, you're like, oh look at this. But I mean, this was a pretty awesome looking game if you're considering yeah. we've been playing turbo and crap right you know and or or even pole position and then this thing here it comes and you get the first person perspective and it pl it plays it still plays well the frame rate was never gold mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying uh but uh uh man it's fun you get the cops on you it's fun i like always like the fact that you could pull over to this gas stations and they'd have different signs on you know i'm a sucker for that it's like somewhere it does the same stuff mm -hmm. uh and uh so yeah, the the video worked. I, I jumped in. I mean, literally, I watched the video, just loaded it up on the other computers. Like here we go. So <laughs> so yeah, it still plays pretty well though. Again, it's a uh, it's a little jumpy, but you know, it is what it is. It's an old it's an old game on an old machine. But it play. It, I had a good time with it. Um, and then finally, we've got um, Dreamcatcher covers the Pink Panther games. Yes, and um, and this is kind of interesting. He you know he he goes into the backstory a lot and. Um, but what I thought, it kind of reminds me of like Spy versus Spy yeah. or something like that. Have you played so, these before? No. I've not either. Um, I did like, I used to watch the cartoon, and I've seen some of the movies, which are sort of dissimilar, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pink Panther's in the movies, but he's usually in a credit sequence or right. something. Um, have you ever seen any of the films? Oh, yeah. Oh, my, you, oh you like those, I, really? I love the Pink Panther movies. I do like when, uh... Sellers would come home and Kato would try to kill him. Yeah, every time. A but shot also, in the dark. I, I I love them all. Eep thinks they're a little. Well, I tried to watch it with her. She thinks they're too silly, but they're. Well, I like silly. Yeah, and I'm, I was. Did you see the remake with uh, with Steve Martin? No, I haven't. I've heard it was just god off. Mm, probably should avoid yeah, it. So yeah, just like remakes most of the time. In general. How you gonna remake one of those too? Right. And you had the guy that was he was good. Now this just popped up literally minutes ago. Um, Breaking news. Yeah, this is the yeah. next part in Gary Hucker's uh, Amiga 3000. It's well received. Yeah, yeah. So these are these are some of the most popular videos on our site. So if you uh, if you are watching these, you know, in succession, and you're waiting for part four to come out, Gary has just published within the past couple of minutes uh, part four of the assembly, and he really we say this every time, but he does such a good job of breaking things down and really making it easy to understand. So. He's, he's a good hand. I wonder if he's done any teaching. In there or, or Yeah, it, uh, if he hasn't, then he missed his calling. Yeah, yeah. They, those are real good, and they have been, they've been popular. Now all I need is uh, another 3,000 to go through these slowly with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now I'm like, oh, man, why did I sell that thing? But, yeah, they're, they're good stuff. Um, 
So yeah, that's it for the side updates this week. Beautiful. What do you beautiful. say we roll on in to Shadow of the Beast 3? One, before we get into it, just one quick item on the uh, my little uh, uh, C64 Pi that I've been wearing. I finally got the Amiga portion of this thing ironed out. I was sort of making a mountain out of a, of a molehill on it. What I, was, what I wanted to do was be able to just load this thing up, put the WHD games on it, and just play them. Simple stuff. But I got caught tangling with the front end trying to line stuff up it's actually quite simple you take a hard drive file you load it up with the amy berry and it works and i've, I've gotten it ironed out so uh, me and boat have both just well we could probably talk about that too your our pickups in terms of hardware because it affects the show i picked up a uh, a uh, hdmi input device so i can capture directly from hdmi stuff now the, it's a with caveats of course I, i've always done all my videos on amigo on the amiga 1200 that i've got but you've probably noticed that in the past couple of weeks i've not done any videos and trust me it's not for lack of trying it's just that the, uh, the 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 thing is making it difficult for me to do a lot of stuff and it's very frustrating to get through one of these videos and have a problem and it happened it always happened but with that mouse issue it's just a real pain and so i'm going to use the uh c64 pi to run some amiga stuff through the hdmi and i'm going to give this a whirl i can do a lot of, i've got a lot more access to a lot more stuff i can even do comparison stuff so i should be putting out a lot more videos than i did i'm not totally cashing out the 1200 but until i get that cap kit in it probably would be put by the wayside until i can get it installed so that's what I've got cooking. I'll, why don't you tell them what you've got cooking over there with your new uh, video input gimmick on the on the Xbox? Oh, so I've got a. Uh, I went and bought a S video cable for the Xbox. I like to jump around a lot, especially on the you know like the Friday night free for alls and stuff like that. Jump between systems, look at different versions of ports, and really the Xbox currently is the easiest, fastest way to do that. Um, you don't have to mess around with comparing a lot, multiple emulators and stuff like that. Everything just works. And But the downside of the Xbox is uh, up until now, um, I had it running through composite because that's what my video capture card accepts. It accepts composite and S-Video. Well, I upgraded my cable to an S-Video cable and the difference is night and day. It really looks really crisp and clear. And so, um, be, look forward to uh, clearer days ahead when using the the Xbox when you're watching some of the live stream stuff because it really looks good. Yeah, something else I was going to mention. I've been toying with this. I uh, went back to a lot of my old. I, I tend to talk perpetually, you know, <laughs> in real life, but also when I'm doing my videos. So I've been ripping the audio out of them because I I listen to some in the car and I think they they're pretty good listens for people that don't want to bother going on YouTube. So I may try to release some of those in MP3 form. Everybody wants to listen to them. If you don't, if you don't, you know, watch our stuff, you just want to listen to it. Hey, that's not a bad so, idea. So uh, look for that to come up here soon. I've ripped, I've ripped uh, four or five. I mean, there are some. If you don't have the video, it's not going to work as well. But for the most part, you could pretty much listen to them and you know get a good idea of what's going on. So I'll probably throw some of those up here soon too. On to business, shall Let's we? Let's do it. Let's All do right, it. Shadow of the Beast three. Now we did Shadow of the Beast one way back. I don't know when. It's probably been probably in the first twenty episodes that it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we touched on all the Shadow of the Beast and that. So I'm not going to go into vivid detail in the backstory of Shadow of the Beast. Uh, Shadow of the Beast one was the super famous Amiga uh, showstopper graphics, parallax scrolling, beautiful stuff. 
the uh, uh, game was ported everywhere, super popular. Did you find it? I did. With 40, episode forty three. Well, let's show you what I know. So it, it was, seems like it seems <laughs> like it was like real early. It was it was a year more than a year ago. Well, there you go. So um, Shadow of the Beast did very well, and of course, when something does very well, you've got to have a sequel. Shadow of the Beast two came out. It also did pretty well, uh, but uh, I think Shadow of the Beast had a uh, the the effect on Shadow of the Beast three that people were tired of what they were doing with Beast. They were releasing very beautiful, very difficult, almost unplayable games, right? And and short as well. So when Shadow of the Beast three came around, this had no ports, which is remarkable. Mm-hmm. This was ported to nothing. Which if you think about the popularity of the first one. It's quite baffling. Uh, this came out in 92. It was on three discs. One player game, of course. There's no multiplayer. Uh, done by It was done by Reflections. Uh, gosh, they've done some pretty decent games. Uh, they did the game I Like Awesome, which we've talked about. They did a game called Ballistics, which I've played. That's pretty fun. Brian the Lion, and of course they did all the Shadow of the Beast. Um, it was coded by uh, a, a fellow named Cormac Batstone. He did awesome in his second and third Shadow of the Beast. That's an awesome name, Cormac Batstone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coded by Paul Howarth, who, again, Ballistics and Shadow of the Beast series. You can see a trend here. These guys worked at Reflections. Now, the uh, uh, music was done by Lee and Timothy Bryan Wright. Uh, Timothy Bryan worked on Shadow of the Beast 2 and 3 and Power Monger, which is a very popular game amongst certain people. It's a Peter Molyneux game. Uh, Awesome. And the, the Shadow of the Beast... Like I said, second and third. Uh, the original composer of the original soundtrack uh, was uh, David Whitaker. So this guy did the second and third games. But I think the sound in this actually is pretty darn good. Uh, you, we heard quite a bit of it, and you played quite a bit. What did you think of the audio? In oh, I thought the audio was great. You know, the, the, all the tunes were, were catchy. Um, as you move throughout the level, the music changes, yeah. which is really cool. Um, you know, when you're faced with a different, a difficult puzzle, sometimes it'll it'll change to kind of heighten the tension. Uh, I thought the music was one of the best parts of the game. Yeah, I, and one thing that one thing, whether you like these games or not, they uh, they always put a nice, um, they always have a nice uh, feeling to them, an aura, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's otherworldly. The music, it's it's kind of pan fluty or whatever I mean, I mean it always sounds cool and there's right. lots of cool percussion going on mm-hmm. so i mean i thought they did a real good job on on the uh, on the audio in this so uh, you know it's hard to beat the first game because the audio was just freaking amazing but this one is pretty darn good uh, i think so um in this one you play the same fellow you played in the first in the first couple but he is in human form and he is basically out to finally defeat the number one bad guy Mailoth, male. Let me try to pronounce that again. Mailoth, Mailoth, Mailoth. It's hard to smuggle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a uh, climactic showdown. Of course, you got to get to this guy first. So he's got to go and assemble. Uh, he's got to assemble some stuff uh, to uh, get the quest going and get to the end guy. Um, the first couple games, when you open the package of this thing, you had a T-shirt. This one did not have a shirt, but it did have a badge. <laughs> With the game logo, so they, uh, they were cutting costs a little bit. Well, I don't know. Maybe the badge was awesome. I, I don't. Know, I don't know what to say about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe it was. It's strange. So let's let's describe this. So first of all, the opening cutscene is tremendous. 
It's your your guys flying across. Well, I mean, it's tremendous, and it's also it's kind of stupid. <laughs> your guys flying along, and it's like um, I don't know. It's like a prop right. prop airplane, mm-hmm. and he swings down into a volcano and comes up and, and his engine yeah. it looks like i don't know if that's why his engine catches on fire but his engine catches on fire charlie didn't do his engine any favors no and then you and then you crash and then you and then you uh begin questing now you you begin the game you've got four discs circles that are in front of you and you can switch between two of them to start you can see so you can pick which level you want to which, which that's, is cool that's a help yeah uh the game, uh, your guy's weapon is like we would we called it uh, when we were playing this together. We called it the glaive, which is if you ever watched the classic cheese sci-fi movie Crawl, it's the big bladed, uh, uh, it's almost like huge shuriken that he throws mm-hmm. out and he comes back to him. This guy's got something like that. He basically throws out a big shuriken, a throwing star, and it comes back. So right off the bat, this guy has a better weapon than he's ever had. Right. I mean that that and that goes a long way. Uh, the uh, you don't feel the first two games, and I had the same problem with Blood Money. I'm going to tie it all in is the fact that you're just walking through these levels and just random stuff just flies in formation at you, and it's it's almost impossible to react. You're mm-hmm. just like good God, and you're just firing like a maniac, and it it drains your health and your and you could die like super quick. In this, you've got three individual like health flasks that sit at the bottom of the screen, and they represent three lives. And as you get hit, those flasks, the one the one flask will drain down, drain down, and when it gets to the bottom, you're dead. Right? Pretty simple stuff. But you get three lives, and they give you a decent amount of, of energy. You know, you don't just go out and get, get slaughtered, right. which is a big help. Um, so, like I said, you get to pick between a couple levels. The game has four levels. <coughs> uh, they're all pretty different. Uh, and you and you go through these things, and you're trying to catch, you're trying to defeat a boss at the end, and and, and claim and claim a uh, artifact. Um, now, right out of the gate, if you play this like the original Shadow of the Beast, the second one, you're screwed. This is a whole different, and this is the reason I want to cover. This is a whole different kettle of fish than you're used to. Um, I used to run D and D a lot, and one of my favorite uh, books was this Tomes of Traps book. And it, you would have all these diabolical things you could sucker your the PCs into falling into, right? You know, spiked pits. I remember I ran a module called the uh, uh, White Plume Mountain. And there was this awesome trap where guys had to jump this chasm. And they didn't realize that the middle, there were two chasms. There was a thing in the middle you could jump to. And it, but it was, it was frictionless. And so you would it would jump to the other jump to the middle chasm. You would slide right off the chasm and inside the next pit were rusty razors. I remember mm. that at the bottom of them. And you get some, and I used to kill people there. I used to laugh heartily <laughs> at their failure, you know. And that, this game is sort of like that. Man, rusty razor. That's a that's, great wrestling name. That is a good name. Well, there's already rusty shank. Right, but um, that's his brother. Yeah, good point. Um, this game is very trap heavy. It's very strategy based i mean it's it's a good mix you know really it's not there's not a ton of platforming uh, I, I mean it's more um it's it there's some shooting it's funny the end bosses you just sort of blow them away you know there's nothing that strategic about fight it's not like a game where you have to do certain things to affect the environment and a boulder crushes the end boss you just kill them but getting to the end boss there are lots of very clever uh, devices and levers and and water-based obstacles that you have to get past, and it it gives the game 
it's a twofold. It's a good and a bad thing. The good thing is, uh, it's more playable, in my opinion, and more interesting and beatable than the first couple games. The bad thing is, it really once you get good at it, and I've heard this time and time again. Now, I'm not this good, but once you know all the scoops on how to get past these puzzles, you can just rock it through this game in like a half hour, and then that's it. There's four levels plus the end boss. And you're done. And the levels are big, but they're not like, you know, they're not Turrican too big. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're they're, they're okay big. Uh, and so, uh, once you get past these levels, you uh, you uh, go to the next level. When you beat all, get all past all levels, you fight the end guy. The end guy, not to spoil this, but it's a kind of a head and two hands that kind of float around. And you jump on these platforms and shoot them. Kind of a... Kind of a letdown. Anticlimactic. Yeah. I mean, after all the crap this guy's been through. And then at the end of the game, there's just the guy's face, full human form, and the credits roll by. It's like, you're free the land, blah, 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 blah. No, I mean, you think, again, that all this cool music, all this cool animation, all this stuff. And there's the ending is El Flato. So that was a disappointment. I've been talking for a while. What did you think of this boat? You, this is had you played this before we went to went to have a look at it. You know, I played it briefly over the course of the week, um, but I didn't really I didn't really understand what the game was until I heard you explain it, and then I kind of got it. I kind of got it a little better. Um, I think that you know, graphics wise, it 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 looks better than Shadow of the Beast one, but it doesn't look seven years later better. Um, I don't even think it looks better than the first one. I think it's I think it looks better than the second one. But I mean, it's it. I, admittedly, it's not a quantum leap. Mm-hmm. I will admit that. However, um, you know, it's it's hard to really compare these two games because they're just two totally different games. This is a puzzle platformer. It's the definition of a puzzle platformer. Um, there's action, but the action is kind of you know it's it's consequential, but it's it, if they if they took the action part out, you'd be left with the same sort of game. Um, the which is not a bad thing. I just don't know if people that originally bought this game knew what they were getting into exactly. Of course, if you bought Shadow of the Beast 1 and you were kind of uh, a big enough fan to buy Shadow of the Beast 3, then I guess it really doesn't matter. You just want whatever has Shadow of the Beast on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, of course, again, this game didn't do that well. Um, not well enough to port. Mm-hmm. And I think, you're. I mean, you're right. In a certain way, if you were a fan, if you were a fan of the first two, you'll buy anything. Wise, well, I'm just saying this. <laughs> this is this isn't like those, really. I mean, it's in any way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't even. It looks like a Shadow of the Beast game visually. They've got all the cool statues and background mm. stuff, and the cool and the parallax scrolling in this is just outstanding. And I think the animations are also very good. Of just like the the way that they we're we're just watching this on YouTube. The um, the the way that the balls roll, you know, the way that the barrels come across, and um, it's I thought that they could have really kind of cheaped out on that stuff, and and it, it it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. And I will say, going through this, I, way way back, I went through this whole game, and I and I beat it. Uh, not this time around, but I've done it in the past. But I mean, I think of the times when people didn't have the internet, and. Uh, uh, cheap books because i mean this these puzzles are pretty diabolical mm-hmm. and it really makes you think outside the box and that's what i that's the problem with this game is this game is a real wacky one for me to try to to try to you know think about it, if it's good or not if i like it or not. i mean 
it's awful short. And so, if, if like I said, if once you know all the puzzles, you can pretty much trash this game quick. But the puzzles are really clever. Like, mm-hmm. just as an example, in one of the first levels, there's a bit where there's a hanging grate of, like, spikes. And if you run under it, it just falls on you and kills you every time. There's no way to get through it. But if you go through the village before it, there's some meat sitting there. And so you can take this meat, you shoot it off, you shove the meat under the under the grid... Then you run all the way back to the beginning of the of that area, and there's a and you have a key, and you open the door, and behind the door is this big creature. And if you if you time it right, you can run up a ladder. The creature runs across the whole area, and then goes to get that meat, and that grid falls on them, and you can walk past. Mm-hmm. You know, there's another bit where you uh, have to dismantle this this uh, this bunch of balls to to move this like pillar across this room. You know, it's very. I mean. I don't think I've ever seen a game that was quite that. Yeah. I mean, that's really involved. I mean, to me, this, I don't think you can actually fault it for being so short if you know all the puzzles. Because that's like saying, well, if you know the answer to a crossword puzzle, you can solve it in two seconds. That's not where the fun is. The fun is figuring out the puzzles. And I guarantee you it's going to take you longer than half an hour to figure out all well, those you're, puzzles. Well, you're right. You're right. It's just like, uh, like if you want to take a modern game as an example, Portal. You know, Portal is a 3D version of this, basically, where it's just a series of ever harder and harder puzzles that you have to solve. And if you know them, you can get through the game in no time. Uh, I think that this game gives you enough variety. It's not all stupid Switch puzzles like Gods, which is sort of like the poor man's version of this game. Oh, um, gee, now you're, I don't know about that. Tell me why Gods is a better game than Gods is Give me one Gods, There's a lot. As you get into it, it becomes more involved. It does not. It never gets beyond the Switch puzzles. And plus, Gods, there's more to it. The platforming and fighting in Gods, is, there's a lot more of it. In this, like I said, the platforming, there's really not a lot of platforming. There's, I mean, there's not like a real intense jumping back and forth, you know, and there's not a lot of, I mean, and really even the monsters aren't as, aren't as, uh, there are as many monsters in this as there are. It's it's mostly puzzles. It's not really. I mean, I can see what you're saying. Uh, the puzzles are way cleverer in this. There's no doubt about that. I mean, if that's what you're comparing it to, the puzzles are much more clever in this. But there's a lot more. There's a lot more stuff in Gods. There's more content. You're right. I mean, you're right. I'm looking at this from the wrong perspective in a in certain way because if you just watch, uh, if you've read a fact and you're like, I can run through this, when you just bought it. You're not going to do that. It's going to take you, and this would take a while to get past. I mean, I remember, you know, the first time I played this, just sitting there like, what in God's name am I doing? You know, once I figured out a couple things, you feel pretty good, you know. But another thing that is frustrating along the same lines, I mean, it's good and bad, is the fact that when you die in this, in some areas, there's sort of like a checkpoint area that if you get past a certain area, they don't make you repeat. But man, you can go back a long ways. And you're like, oh, i got to do all this again. And it gets repetitive. Yeah, it would be nice. They do have some checkpoints in this game. But it would be nice to have uh, checkpoints before each major puzzle or something like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> this game, <laughs> much like the discussion we've had here, as we're trying to peg this thing down, the reviews for this game were very, they were all over the map, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, so... Amiga actually gave it 91%. Pretty good score. Amiga Format gave it a 58. You know, uh, then Amiga Power gave it a 71. You know, you've got 9 out of 10, you've got 80%. You know, you're all over the map mm-hmm. uh, on that. And you can see why. 
because it's a uh, it's a game that's not going to work for everyone. Like before, me and you sat down and, and really got to you know, I can show you what was going on. You really weren't into it at all, were you? Right, right. Yeah, I, I I was approaching it like the first game. And yeah, that and was a mistake. Yeah, you. This is absolutely not like blood money on your feet. Right. It's. I mean, really. It's and really, they've done a good job with the tracking of the bad guys and stuff. They just track a lot better. They, you don't see those weird groups just fly down out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's not as cheap. Yeah. As the yeah. as the as the original games were. Um, again, you're this, you're also given a lot more leeway as far as the hits that you can take before you die. You know your health bar is yes, pretty, pretty that good. makes. I mean, it's not feeling like a colossal puss mm-hmm. helps. Yeah, because like I was, we were talking earlier. I mean, you, Beast is one of the few games where you could have unlimited man and unlimited energy and still get killed, which does lead me to one final point about Beast Three. Often, if you botch a puzzle, for example, the do- the puzzle with the monster that eats the meat I was just talking about. You could kill that monster, and then you're screwed. So you just have to kill yourself. Yeah, it's a lot like a Sierra, like a King's Quest game, where if you do the wrong thing with an item, or if you accidentally throw it away, it's you got to restore. Yeah, the difference is you don't know when you have screwed up. Also like a Sierra game. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, you're right. Uh, so, you know, And this game doesn't do you any favors. Like, uh, for example, Boat was in a water puzzle, and he did the right thing. But it didn't happen right away. It took a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, you're like, what did I do wrong? When mm-hmm. I didn't, it's easy to just panic and screw up. There's a lot of trial and error in this. We described it as sort of a dragon's lair. Yeah. You know, you're going to you know, you're gonna come to a room, and you're going to be like, what do I do? I mean, it's, who's going to think to scoop meat across the floor? Mm-hmm. It looks just like background graphics, right. you know, or bust open tables or, or any of the other crazy stuff you, that you have to do in this game. A lot of it you wouldn't even think twice about. So, it's a it's a it's a mixed bag. It's a tough one. It's a tough one to put your, you know, to, to pin down. I'd say absolutely. But did you enjoy it? I guess that's a big question. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. And um, you know, is it something that I'm going to go back and play again? Probably not, because I don't really like this style of game where it basically is just trial and error. But for what it is, I think it's a good example of the genre. And if you like puzzle platformers, then look no further. Yeah, and I mean, uh, and you—I would have never thought that about a Shadow of the Beast game. A good diversion, and uh, it, now again, you—you may not come back to it, but you'll enjoy it while you have it out. And you have to be patient. That's and that's for sure. Which again, it's sort of a throwback. You have to be sort of like Lost Vikings in a way. Mm-hmm. You have to be patient. Oh, it's a lot like Lost Vikings. Um, you know, as far as the the mechanics now. Of course, Lost Vikings operates on a different system, but it's, right. instead of switching between the Vikings, you're manipulating all kinds of things within the environment to get the desired result. Plus, but, you can screw up and then you have to start over. Yeah, you know, yeah. I would like. It's a shame because, of course, the new Shadow of the Beast has come and gone, and they went back to that first Beast where it was, and probably rightfully so. I don't know if this game would still. I don't think this one is as fondly remembered. But that much, well, it's not remembered at all. Right. Nothing, but. You could see a branch, like a, a series of games along these lines might have been fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what a, what a neat sort of series it would be. You know how they have these monthly games that come out now? You can pay a couple bucks. I wouldn't mind having like a monthly game that like was a episode. level. like Yeah, it was like yeah. trap level. Like that would be kind of fun, you know. So, um, again, this was released uh, in 92. It came out on three discs for the uh, for the Amiga. It, was, it, was, it didn't use the AGA chipset either, which is another thing. That it's a shame that none of the Shadow of the Beast ever got up to you know using the big things. Right. This did get a release on the uh, uh, CD32 and in a Shadow of the Beast trilogy set, you know. So uh, which, but that's really that's it. That's the only place it got ported. Um, I looked on eBay for this, 
and uh, it's going for a couple bucks. Um, I saw a couple. Uh, I saw a couple of these for sale in the U.S. A rarity. Seems like every time I look, there's nothing there. Uh, and you're looking. One guy was asking sixty-five bucks. Another guy was asking one hundred and five. So they're going for a pretty good chunk of change. Mm-hmm. People are people aren't sure what they're worth, so they all you know it's always good to throw well, out that high this, price. And you I never saw, know. yeah, I saw this game was actually uh, made some lists a couple years ago about hidden gems that you, for like people that learn this sort of thing. And it because again, it didn't get a release on anything else. So if you have an Amiga copy, you're literally sitting on the only copy for any system. Mm-hmm. So it, I, that wouldn't surprise me if that drove drove the price up. Uh, I found it if you can just want the discs, you can get it for twenty seven bucks. Uh, shipped and in Germany, I saw one on sale for fifty bucks U.S. shipped. Again, that's a pretty decent price. So, right. and of course, now I will say that this doesn't have the original uh, the the cover art from Roger Dean. Uh, this had, someone else did the cover art. That's so it looks a little bit different, uh, but it's still nice. You mm-hmm. know, it, we, it, it's also that cover also is in the game, the picture of it. It's I don't know what the heck it is. It looks like a Yeti or something behind a <laughs> mountain. I'm not. I always wonder what the heck that was. Uh, but uh, overall, I give it pretty pretty decent marks. You know, like I said, it's it's a fun, it's an interesting diversion, and it's probably, in my opinion, it's my favorite of of the of the trilogy. Cool, it's your favorite one, two, and three. And you? I haven't played two, so I'm withholding judgment. Okay, fair enough. And I'm sure someone on the line we will do too. Yeah, yeah. Which is wildly considered not that great. So but let me there you go. Let me ask you a question, Aaron. Yes, sir. Do you want to look like this guy? I do look like this guy. You do look like this guy. Spitting image. Speaking of Ravi, who is the guy that sent us the uh, the fantastic collection of Amiga magazines, he is sporting a Amiga Amigos supporters uh, hoodie, and Aaron this evening is sporting an Amigos supporters um, T-shirt. I support myself. You do. You do. If you would like. To uh, check out some of our fine apparel, head on over to T Public slash stores slash Amiga Tees, or you can just click on the link from everythingamiga.com and you can avail yourself of all of these different designs. I'm wearing our Amigos Are Scum t shirt based on sort of a Maniac Mansion style. Uh, we've got logo tees. If you don't want an Amigos shirt, there are there's a shirt with a Psygnosis logo on there. Uh, whatever, whatever you're into, if you want to clothe yourself in Amiga goodness, then uh, head on doesn't? over to our show, our, our store, and you can help. Right here's an. I, I think I see a next T-shirt design right there. Oh yeah, we're Dunder Salt. We're making a Dunder Salt T-shirt. Man, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um. So, uh, it is time to wrap this bad boy up. Let's roll our credits. And uh, Aaron, I think what we're going to do this week is we're going to go a little bit, a little bit acapella. Um, uh-huh. With the Patreon names, you picked this week not to give me the booze. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna do um, we're gonna we're gonna do a Billy Joel song. Oh man! Okay, I know which one already. Oh yeah, well I need you to get <laughs> you can you can jump in anytime. No thanks. Dum, I jump dum, out. Dum. Alan Kebab, David McCrandles, Gary Hucker. Will Williams, Ravi Abbott, Kim Tommy, Humbert Stein, Josh Nan, Jason Warns, Eric Nelson Lane, Graham W. Vapke, Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hara, Lauren Giroux, Jonas Rulo, Bjorn Barman, Tapes from the Crypt. 
Adam Bradley, Chris Foles, Daniel Bankston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead's Fade Out, Brent Dowdy, Bruno Barracuda. Special thanks to World of Long Plays for in-game footage. Nice. Thank you. Just like Sha Na Na. I am Sha Na Na. You know, I mean, today. Sha Na Na Na. Every still shine. You know, Eep loves that song. Really? I was like, "How do you know that?" She's like, "Yeah, it's huge." They know the West Virginia song. Over yeah, there. That's, yeah true. They, that's, that's true. That's a weird country. Well, Aaron, that's it. Yeah. Uh, next week. I, I don't, yeah, I was wondering how you're gonna pull this off. I, I don't know what we're gonna do next week. Um, let me check our archive real quick as we banter like nothing has gone wrong. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> Next week, Aaron, you're in for a treat, folks. Our <laughs> Prepare to visit the Isle of Sodor. Uh, we were going to be covering all of the Amigos. All of the Amigas. Boy, it's who picked that name? Because it's really difficult to I mean, distinguish. It's, it's friends. It's, it's <laughs> beautiful, man. Um, we're going to be exploring all of the Thomas the Tank Engine games on the yes. Amiga. And we're adults. Um, so that means Thomas the Tank Engine Part 1, mm. Thomas the Tank Engine Part 2, and Thomas the Tank Engine Pinball. All four tables. All it's four madness. Tables. Yeah. It's in one show? In one show. What? How can we do it? It's Why did we do it? Right. Because Thomas the Tank Engine. That's right. Because Thomas told we're us We're very to. useful engines. We are. So... We'll see you next week, guys. Until then, adios.